Okay, this week, our match for Ricochet versus El Generico from PWG is a kind of famous match because of many things that happened in the match, and there's a lot of great things to talk about here. But before that, I think Ricochet is kind of very famous or infamous for giving poor promos. So what I wanted to do this week is I wanted to start with our internet bullshit segment and talk about guys who are famous for being poor on the mic. And there's a list created by Sportster. It's got (laughs) the 15 most famous wrestlers who are terrible on the mic. So it's a kind of like a strange list. But it's basically, it's famous guys who suck on the mic. Okay. So, Meet, what we're going to do is we're going to go down 15 through one, and we'll go through each guy. There's only 15 guys. So I think a lot of this, the guys on this list, you're going to be like, that guy's fucking awesome. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 15, the 15th worst guy on the mic, the Iron Sheik. No way. <laughs> he's fucking awesome, right? He, he is. He's the original awesome one on the mic. Oh, wow. Yeah, $50 Iron Sheik. Okay. Number 14. The ultimate warrior. Yeah, that's 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 about it. You know, he should be up higher than fourteen. So you've got this fucking fantastic guy at fifteen, which makes you think that this list is going to be total shit. And then number fourteen, they come in strong with the ultimate warrior, right? So it's a fucked up list. Okay, here we go. Number thirteen, Batista. See, I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's the worst. I mean, he's definitely not. I just, I, he's definitely not the worst, but I don't think he should be on that list. He's definitely better than the fucking Warrior. I know that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Better than the Warrior and should not be at this position at all. He's not great, but he's nowhere near this list. Okay, next. <laughs> Number 12, Rob Van Dam. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, I think the people who do this list or did this list this week, didn't think about the time. Like, the the time that he was in ECW and he did those promos, you know, those vignettes where they had the music playing in the background, they cut from, like, uh, one wrestler to another wrestler to another wrestler. Those vignettes, when Rob Van Dam spoke, his promo work was fucking excellent. Very on point. I thought he was great. What'd you think? It was, you know, it was. He was one of the best ones on on the on the mic in ECW. He's one one of the reasons why ECW became so popular. Agreed. I couldn't agree more. Okay, <laughs> number eleven, Jeff Hardy. Not strong, but he's not the worst. Like he shouldn't be number eleven. I don't think. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Again, he's kind of like a Batista-like choice. He's okay, not bad, but he shouldn't probably be on this list. I wouldn't say he was bad. I just don't think he. I just don't think he's good. Does that, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, agreed with you. Agreed. Agreed. Totally agreed. Okay, and rounding out the so so far, let me just quickly go through this: fifteen Iron Sheik, fourteen Ultimate Warrior, thirteen Batista, twelve Rob Van Dam, eleven Jeff Hardy. And here we go: the top ten. Number ten, worst on the mic, Brock Lesnar. He's actually pretty. I think he's actually pretty good when they give him a chance to do it. Like the new, his new, like mm-hmm. being a being a face now. And that right. he said some. He's he said some pretty good promos. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's. I don't think he's bad. Yeah, agreed. I don't think he's bad. You never gave him the chance to speak in the beginning, but in the beginning, you didn't need him to speak. He was just a physical no. specimen, right? You shouldn't have him speak. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's bad. He was just an ass kicker, right? And when I look at his promos in the UFC. 
they were fucking great. And so like after the fight, shitting on the sponsor and making the crowd lose their mind. I love that. I thought it was great. It's just the environment, right? Like, and so they never wrote anything for him. I don't think he's necessarily bad. I was going to say that one. That's one of the one of the matches that that Undertaker came to watch, and him. But they did that little one off there. Right, it was cool. Yeah, it was good. Very good. I thought it was excellent. Excellent. A uh, number nine, Jack Swagger. What do they consider? Like he's all right. Like he just doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't talk. He just. They just don't put a mic in his face. Right. Right. That often. So, so that doesn't make you bad because you don't do it often. Right. You don't need to get over by speaking on the mic necessarily. And so he's one of those guys who doesn't speak on the mic, but it doesn't mean he's bad at it. And so, uh, I, yeah. Okay. Jack Swagger. Number eight, Lex Luger. Definitely. He <laughs> fucking was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was rough on the mic. And the, the problem is like, there's a big gap between how he looks and what he says, right? And, and also, his work is pretty bad, too. Yeah. So, I think yeah, that doesn't help. Okay, number seven, Bobby Lashley. What do you think about him? I, you know what? I don't... Th- I, th- I think he's all right. I don't know. I don't... Th- I just... It's just not for me, but I don't think he's bad. Like, I, I never yeah, really... I, I never really like Lashley, but I wouldn't consider him bad on the mic. I mean, at this point, yeah. you have to have some sort of skills to stay in there. Right. I agree. I don't think there's, like, you know, that doesn't stand out to me as being particularly bad. And if I'm thinking about the worst guys ever on the mic, Bobby Lashley doesn't make my list. No way. No way. Okay. Number six. I don't even remember this guy ever speaking. Yokozuna. How is he bad if he didn't say a fucking word? <laughs> right. He didn't say a single word, right? It was just Fuji talking. What do you say? With Mr. Fuji doing all the talking, it's not bad. He just didn't have a chance. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Now, out of the top five, I'm going to give you, this is great. Okay. Three of these guys might make my best ever on the mic list. <laughs> That's, it's coming. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> top five. Top five. Number five, Brett the Hitman Hart. Don't. <sighs> He's one of the best. He's he's one of the best. And for his time, he was. His anti-American stuff was fucking awesome. Oh, it was great. I know you're. I, I know you're. Ashamed. I know you're waving your maple leaf flag in your room and listening right. to it. <laughs> oh, that stuff was so good. I loved it. Okay, Bret Hart, number five. We both strongly, strongly disagree. Number four, Sid Vicious. Definitely, he was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree. He he shouldn't have spoken. To be honest, with you, no, right? He, he shouldn't, shouldn't have. Speaking. And that was the first name that came to my mind. That said, when the worst on the mic of all time, because he might he mm. might be number one. He is brutal. He, oh wait, wait till you hear the rest. Okay, <laughs> number three, Ahmed Johnson. All right, he sucked. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He sucked too. He was really bad. Like he was bad to the point where I didn't want to watch what he was saying. You know what I mean? Like I turn off the channel, change the channel. He's bad to the point now. If you've seen him lately and did some of the things, he's like four hundred pounds. Yeah, I saw it. It's awful, <laughs> awful, awful. All right, number two, the great Kali. Yeah, well, I think he said more in the longest yard remake than he did in his whole WWE career, and that's right. And that doesn't say much. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The fucking guy, like, this is a little bit unfair. He 
probably has a disease like you know acromegaly yeah and then on top on top of that you know he doesn't speak english well so <laughs> i know to say that he's the worst on the mic it's a little bit unfair right like i i get it but mm, okay yeah i think it's a bad choice here it's just in poor taste and yeah, number can, one you know what it is important that's just that's poor taste too number one the worst guy on the mic he makes definitely makes my top five for greatest ever on the mic the worst ever on the mic big papa pump scott steiner other than the fact when he was beating that stupid duck up he was really yeah. good he was he always came correct i don't think he was bad and to be the worst of all time sid's number one yeah, his promos in WCW when he was on top and in TNA when he did the math stuff. Oh, that stuff was fucking gold. It was great. I could watch that. Didn't need to see his matches. I loved the way like he would call out people in the crowd. I thought he was very engaging. Whether it was academic or not academic, that's a totally different thing, right? Like, sure, it wasn't smart, but it was very, very entertaining. And so the top 10, just very quickly... Lesnar, Swagger, Luger, Lashley, Yokozuna, Bret Hart, Sid Vicious, Ahmed Johnson, Great Kali, and Scott Steiner. For me, the obvious fucking guy missing this list is Andre the Giant. Yep. Oh, I couldn't understand a fucking word he said. And he'd spent like 30 years in North America. So his English should have been good by then. But when he was feuding with Hogan, I was totally fucking lost about what he was saying. You go back and watch that promo today. You still can't make out what the fuck he's saying. All I understand is Hogan. Nothing else of what he's saying made any sense to me. You know what? That he made it. I think because you couldn't understand him, made it just made it more like evil like at that time uh, like you didn't understand like you just never knew what you always saw him and you know just to hear his voice for the first time right 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 and not be able, and not be able to hear anything yeah it might have made it more scary i don't disagree with you it's just that i think his promo was just fucking off i had no clue what was going on Okay, so the reason why we spoke about all this was because this week's match, we're talking about Ricochet, and Ricochet's infamous for being considered one of the worst guys on the mic, considering how good his ring skills are. I watched a lot of his early promos. They're fucking terrible. He deserves to be on this list. But some of the more recent stuff, he's getting better. Like, you know, as time's passing, he's gotten better and better, but he's still not good on the mic. And as, as, especially, he's nowhere near as good as he is in the ring, right? His ring skills and his mic skills are not on par. And I, that's tough because his ring skills are so fucking fantastic. Now, what do you think about his mic skills? He'd be less is more with him, I think. Like, he doesn't really, like, his ring, he's like one of the only ones, I think, that in the ring, he doesn't have to speak after or, you know, do a promo because he's, you know, he contorts his body in so many different ways in a match. He's that good? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. He's so in fucking fantastic in the ring. He doesn't need to say anything. I agree. I agree. But yeah, it's definitely a weakness of him and they put him on the mic unnecessarily and that's hurting him, but that's exactly what's happening, I think. Okay, so this week's match is him against 
El Generico, which is Sami Zayn. Most of the people who watch WWE now know both of these guys kind of very well. It took place in PWG. And before we start talking about the commentary and the ref and all that stuff, I fucking love the PWG atmosphere. It reminds me of going to the ECW shows in Buffalo. I mean, don't did, you get that same feeling? I imagine did. That's the first thing. That's one of the first things that it, remind, it reminded me of. Like just a, just an old. I don't want to say old school, but just like a, just the ambiance of it did. It reminded me of the Flickinger Center. So all the crowd is like as one unit. People are not fighting with each other in the crowd, but everybody's like not bloodthirsty, but hungry for the action, and like people are just as a part of a community, like you're part of a movement. That's exactly how I see PWG. So I have to give props to the crowd. They cheer at the right times. They know what the fuck they're supposed to do. They're part of the show. I love all the things about PWG. I wish I could go to a PWG show. I'm very, very impressed. Great, great. Then the commentary. We have Excalibur and Joey Ryan. I don't like Joey Ryan that much. Excalibur's good. He's always good. What do you think about Joey Ryan? He's annoying. <laughs> right, right. It's not just me, right? Yeah, no, great. It's just some. Yeah. I don't know. Some about his voice, like it just. I actually, the one time I watched the match, I turned it. I just turned it down because I was like, I wasn't in the mood for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't match his character. Like when he's in the ring, he's got that flamboyant character. So you'd expect him to be a little bit more flamboyant in his commentary, but there's no flamboyance whatsoever. It's it's kind of strange. I thought it was very unusual. So, yeah, not a fan of Joey Ryan on the mic, but Excalibur, as usual, did a great job. The referee is Rick Knox. We've seen him before. This is far better than what he did in the AEW match that I complained about a few weeks ago. I think, you know, everything was called the right way here. He didn't get in the way. He administered the five counts. He did everything he should have. And the, the falls, the close falls were all done right. So good job. So the match starts off. Okay, there's just so fucking much to talk about here. We can't get through this whole match. Like, I can't walk through all the spots. It's just overkill. So I'm just going to pick up a bunch of spots throughout the match meet. We'll go through them. We'll try and go in order and try and keep it a little bit in line. But the very first thing that struck me off in this match, you know, it starts off slow, chops back and forth. And then finally, Ricochet just kicks El Generico right square in the mouth in the corner <laughs> when he's standing up. <laughs> Welcome to the match. I, yeah, I, like, you know, like, it's on. Here we go. It's going to be crazy. But what was amazing was of that early stuff, the thing that got the biggest pop of all the early stuff was when Generico had Ricochet in the corner and he did the 10 punches to the head. And the crowd's just counting in Spanish. Uno, dos, tres. And like, it's kind of sad. Like, there's these guys doing backflips and fucking 360 flips and 450s and 680, whatever the fuck they're doing. <laughs> and the crowd pops most when it's just 10 punches in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that was kind of disappointing. But the crowd was definitely into this. What do you think about that early stuff? It's just, I, I thought it was funny because he's French Canadian and there's, <laughs> and they're saying, and they're saying it in Spanish right. dude, all the time. <laughs> and then the action really, really starts picking up when Ricochet in the middle of the ring puts Generico down. And while Generico's on his back, he does a standing reverse 640 centon. And just to give you context here, I was in the middle of the train. I was taking the train in Tokyo in a busy train. And in Japan, everybody's still wearing masks. Everybody's like quiet and silent on the train. It was busy in the morning. 
I'm looking at my phone and I screamed out, holy fuck. And everybody on the train looked at me like something was wrong. Like I'd found out like some information, like a bomb was coming or some shit like that. So everybody starts looking at me and I like start buying my head. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Like, <laughs> so, like I, I just took me totally off guard. It was fucking awesome. What'd you think about that? I remember seeing this match mm-hmm. years ago. Oh, and I forgot how I forgot. I forgot how good Sami Zayn was mm. too, mm. and this in his early early on too. Right, but that that move I haven't seen anyone do that move from that position since. Yeah, it's fucking great. It looks like a recipe for disaster because the guy taking the bumps okay, but the guy doing the move is at a very, very high risk for whiplash, right? It seems fucking dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous, but beautiful, very beautiful. Then from there, Ricochet ties up El Generico in a bow and arrow, and then, even though it's kind of silly, he starts smashing El Generico's head into the turbuckle, into the second turbuckle. Kind of funny, kind of cute. I thought it was cool. I'd never seen anything like that before. You ever seen that? No, I didn't, actually. I thought it was nice. It was a nice little thing. And then from there, they the action really, really, really starts to pick up until they go to the outside, they come back in, and uh, actually, before they go to the outside, Generico hits a beautiful, beautiful over-the-top rope a senton into like the fourth or fifth fucking row into the crowd. Like, it's way deep. And the crowd is like, starting to chant this is awesome this is awesome and they know like that's the point to chant that they get back in the ring and they fucking throw the most beautiful i don't know what it's called a spinning tilt a world twisting power bomb with uh sammy zane or generico hitting that on ricochet right in the center i fucking love that I'd never seen that before. What'd you think about that? Honestly, I think it was a botch, but he made it. He made something. If you watched right before that, I think. I think. Uh, what should I say? Ricochet fucking missed the spot, mm-hmm. and Zane had to fucking cover. Zane had to, you know, he had to cover for him. You know, he had to, you know, I agree. He picked him up in like a kind of awkward position. It looked like a little bit strange the way he picked him up. I thought he was going to go with a sidewalk slam, and then said he did. You know what yep. I mean? Like how you would get him up there. Right. So. Or he, or maybe that was just a sw- they they were that smart during that match and that was just a swerve to make it look like that, which is totally possible. Too. That's true, right? It could have been, but it, either way, the execution through the finish was fucking outstanding. And then from there, holy shit! It just spot after spot after spot after spot. So Ricochet hits a top rope lariat, something I've never seen. But it was kind of like a little bit difficult to hit, but he did hit it. Then an ace crusher. And then I screamed out from my, like I, by that time, luckily I was out of the train. I screamed out, what the fuck? When a ricochet hit in the center of the ring, a reverse Huron Kanrana that lands El Generico right on the top of his head. It was so fucking good. I had to call my daughter and I was like, you got to watch this when I get home. I came home, I showed her to her. She was like, how the fuck does he not have a broken neck? Like, it was that fucking good. Watching that thing, like, there is no no way he should be walking right. after right. that. Not at all. And they he just keeps, keeps moving like nothing happened. Like, I was like, holy shit. Then from there, they do an expl- the, I think the only weak spot in the match 
is the next spot is right after that. Generico goes for an exploder in the corner, but they misjudged the corner post by like maybe I say like a good five or six inches. And so he ricochet kind of lands in the ropes. It looks a little bit messy, but I know what they were trying to do. I've seen that spot before where you throw the exploder and the guy hits his neck on the bottom turnbuckle in the corner. And so they fucked it up. It was still okay. But like just compared to everything, how everything else was so tight in this match, I think that was the only weak spot. And then from there, what the fuck do we call what Ricochet does? They're in the corner. Ricochet does a back roll. And then off the back roll, he springboards up into the air, does a backflip and double kicks the back of Generico's head. I don't even know what the fuck that is. It was fucking awesome. Awesome. Have you ever seen that before? Does he do that regularly? You know what? That was the first time I've seen that from him. I mean, he does, in some of his matches, and that he does like to you know push the envelope and that, but nothing like this. Like this, like this was some like next level. You had to. They had to have been calling this in the ring yeah. because there's no way they could have fucking practiced this. What the at fuck all. Like, would you, you even could- call that? Like, what would you call that? What would you call? It? Like, let's do. Like, what would you say? <laughs> I'm going to do a spinning, rolling, backward, backflip, springboard, and kick you in the back of the head. Like, well, how would you call that? Springboard somersault kick, maybe? But, I don't know. Yeah, you call that. yeah, yeah. It was crazy. And then from there, we get a Phoenix Splash. And you know what? I've seen lots of Phoenix Splashes before. The first one, of course, being Hayabusa. I think he's probably the guy who made this famous. But the height and the rotation at which Ricochet does a Phoenix Splash is way better than Hayabusa. But I've never seen a kick out of a Phoenix Splash because it's supposed to be like be-all and end-all. I think uh, Kota Ibushi does a beautiful one too. But Ricochet's is outstanding and no pin. It's a two-count. I thought it was very surprising he kicked out. Then from there, we get a full Nelson release dragon suplex very sharp but the crowd is not popping for that right because they've seen so much fucking great stuff already that the full nelson release dragon suplex kind of looks weak what do you think i think they kind of got i think they had so much they, they would they've seen so much now like they kind of got numb by it like you know yeah, how- like there's so much action in that so something like that i don't even think that that belonged in the match yeah, either it didn't fit the flow you're right the, everything else is like flying related high spots or like pure athleticism and that was like an all japan move it didn't really fit in the scheme of the match and so for that reason i thought it was like i don't know out of place absolutely out of place i agree with you 100 percent. but then from there they come right back to the craziness as ricochet hits a el generico with a corner spear and then quickly goes to the top gets sent out to the apron, but from there, he hits a springboard, reverse Hurrican Rana off the top fucking rope. (laughs) It was crazy. Another unbelievable move. I think it was not as sharp as the first one. Like, the first one's just fucking outstanding. But considering they're going off the top here, Meat, what'd you think of this one? I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do until they did it. Like, it's... Yeah, not predictable, right. Right. It's it's not predictable. And it's another thing about Ricochet, though. Like, he's got... He may be one of the most underrated performers out there, to say, from his, his whole thing. Right, right. I agree. You know, if I think about, like, pure athleticism and greatness of performance in ring, 
of all the guys I've ever seen in my life, he's got to rank up there with like Tiger Mask and a couple of other guys who are just like heads and tails above everybody else. He could be one of the greatest like acrobatic performers. I've ever, he, he might be the greatest I've ever seen. Outstanding. Who could you, who would you, you can't compare him to anyone. Yeah, only, you really yeah, can't. The only guy who I think sits in his league only because he was like 30, 40 years ahead of his game are the two guys are like Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask. But Dynamite Kid, I think a step behind those two and Tiger Mask was just fucking out of this world. Like, so these two guys, I think, are in a league of their own. They're just fucking so good. So good. Okay. And then from there, we get <laughs> something I've never seen. We're heading towards the finish. But actually, as you're watching, you have no idea when the finish is coming. It could be at any moment. And so Ricochet goes to the top. He hits a shooting star press, but Generico gets his legs up. I've never seen anybody eat a double knees or legs to the stomach off a shooting star press before. That means his rotations are like way, way, way ahead of schedule because normally the guys barely get over, right? But he gets way right. over. And so it's easy to, to counter that way. He gets the counter up. I loved it. I'd never seen that. Thought it was great. And then Generico sets up Ricochet for the finish. Meet, what'd you think about the finish here? It's a turnbuckle brain buster in the quarter. Thoughts on that finish? I wouldn't have done anything else. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it any different. Yeah. He doesn't still use that, does he? I haven't seen uh, it. I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't I done again, I haven't seen a I haven't seen a ricochet match in a little while either. Uh, I see. Yeah, I think that that finish of the turnbuckle brain buster off the top rope is fucking outstanding it looks devastating and actually there's a little bit of padding there so if you do it properly as long as you don't get the guy perfectly vertical maybe you can get away without like breaking his neck but it doesn't look like they did that it looks like ricochet was vertical and he could have broken his neck and so the finish was fucking outstanding what do you think about this match meet overall like if you think about all the matches we've watched and all the, like the greatest matches you've ever seen, does this rank amongst the best few or is it very good or? Yeah, it, it actually does. It's nonstop. It was like, um, what was the last, what, what was the, um, I forget the one, the one match we watched. It, it was just, it, it was comparable, mm -hmm. but this one by far was more, was more action packed. Minami Toyota and Aja Kong match is the one, uh, yes. not Aja Kong, a, a Akira Hokuto match. Yeah. That match, uh, Minami Toyota and Akira Hokuto, and this match is almost at the same level. But like the styles are different, and the the things they did are, of course, at a different pace and a different speed and a different level of like stiffness. But in terms of like entertainment and match quality, this has got to be one of the best matches we've ever seen. I fucking highly recommend it for anybody who wants to see like high quality indie wrestling. And you'll get a real feel for like what a good indie crowd is. You get a good feel for what the athleticism level is of guys who perform at the top level or the best level in the world. And neither, you can't go wa wrong watching neither of these guys, usually. Like both of these guys almost always put on great matches. I've never been disappointed. How many people do you think were there to watch? Maybe that? like 200, 250. 
That's and you know that two hundred seemed like it, you know it seemed like it was five hundred the way it's, as loud as they were watching it too. Agreed. I I thought that the atmosphere there was electric. You know, it's a little bit unfortunate. I think you know I don't know how much money they make off the tape sales. Like this is a little bit the match is a little while ago now, but I wonder like did they make their money back from like distributing this online or did they make the money back from DVDs because it's in twenty twelve. If they didn't, it's a shame because the amount of effort these two guys put in is worth way more than a $500 paycheck. And I doubt they got more than $500 for this, which is a shame because for that level of risk and that level of entertainment that they put on, they deserve a huge fucking payday. Hopefully they're getting it. I would I would wonder who was who else was on that card though too for and what and what spot this match was because it would be hard to follow this yeah, match. Yeah, this was the main event. I checked it. it this yeah, this was the main event. It was a pay per view. They're like I guess their pay per view death to metal, but test to all but metal or something something like that. It had a strange name, but like this was the main event of that show, and so it deserves to be a main event. How do you follow this? You're right. You can't fucking follow this. And it's it's not like just and just see how. Like Ricochet's got to be what? He's got to be in his early forties now. Yeah, right. By now. And Sammy's got to be what? Late thirties. Yeah. Yep. And just think, this is from ten years ago too. So they they done this stuff. Mm. Yeah, they would do this for a long time, and they've been really good at it for a long time. And another thing about the match, like the chemistry between them, like there wasn't there wasn't any wasted, there, except that one. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't any wasted. The flow was there. There wasn't any wasted wasted spots. And there was like, no. You're I right. Mean, and there was no rest spots really. They didn't rest ever. Yeah, not once. So that was f- outstanding. Fucking fantastic. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Man Podcast. You can tag in with a DM. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out.